0: Today on Melanated Conversations, we amplify the voice of Monica Wisdom. Monica is a writer, storyteller, and podcast host that has transcended the world of cosmetology to building a global nation of black girl magic with her platform, Black Women Amplified. In today's chat, we discuss reclaiming our worth, being brave in all of our endeavors, this notion of radical self-acceptance, and calling out our fears. Listen in as we share with our guest, Monica Wisdom.
1: Welcome to Melanated Conversations, our narrative and our perspective.
0: Here on the podcast, we are amplifying the voices of black women and sharing their powerful stories of transformation. I'm Tyrion. And I'm Yana. Let's start the show. welcome 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 yes welcome to another episode of melanated conversations mm-hmm. i am your co-host yana and i am your co-host tarian and welcome back to the show yes so today on the podcast we have a very lovely guest Ooh, a powerful guest powerful. today yeah um Ms. monica wisdom Mm -hmm. she's going to share a little bit about um, her background and all the things she has going on but before we get into all of that and before we you know get started in our rapid fire questions we're gonna give you a little bit about monica and a little bit her background monica's adventurous
1: spirit has taken her in many different directions and avenues including cosmetology writing and the music industry. After graduating cosmetology school with honor, she ascended to advanced academies and studied with in- innovators who shaped the hair care industry we know today, which included Vivian McKinder, Jerry Cosenza, Irvine Rusk, Horst Ruckelbacher, Darren Brokaw, and Robert Lebetta.
0: Yes, after mastering her craft, Monica joined the prestigious team of educators at Sebastian International. This dream come true position not only helped her to blossom as a hairstylist, but she also became a world-class instructor. Her gifts as a hair colorist led her to work with the German hair color company, Schwarzkopf, where she taught for four years. She later became the director of education for Salon Resources, the distributor for Dis- Sebastian International, where she designed classes, workshops, and product launches. As a freelance artist, Monica has been able to work with celebrities and companies, including the Isley Brothers, Layla Rashawn, Kevin Mays, Nina Ganci, Loretta Devine, Cheryl Lee Lisa Sylvester and Greatland's Hair Stentions, Carol's Daughters, Atlantic Records, DreamWorks Records, and Monica. She's also been featured on ABC, CBS, NBC, Clear Channel, and the Fox networks. Other highlights of Monica's transcendent career include her time as director of operations for In Magazine and Today in Church Magazine. She and magazine publisher. David Holman worked to create the monthly publications that inspired its readers and reached critical acclaim. In that role, Monica interviewed celebrities about their spiritual life and personal journeys. She interviewed such notables as Kirk Whalum, Princess Zulu, Eric Robertson, Bonetta Flowers, Evander Holyfield and Isaac Bruce, just to name a few. Her features stood strong next to other contributors that included Joyce Myers, T.D. Jakes, and Joel Osteen. Monica's most rewarding work was as the vice president of the global music label, Yerba Records, working alongside Ocelade, building a global brand and movement. In the
1: midst of it all, Monica was called to go on a spiritual sojourn, and she knew it was time to evacuate and heal her traumatic childhood and generational wounds. Sharing her shadows was the next step to enable her to be all that she was born to be Through the coaching program of Phoenix 2000, Monica learned that her pain could be used to heal others Which led her into a deep spiritual examination and study of the divine feminine With her teachers, Dr. Carolyn Isis Fuqua and Betty Sproul She is also an initiate of Transcendental Meditation and is a student of yogini. These three powerful black women have guided Monica, strengthened her foundation, and given her a platform to heal, teach, and elevate others with love, grace, wisdom, and acceptance. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Monica Tyson Wisdom to the show all right thanks for joining us today monica we're so happy to have you yes,
0: um yes
1: so as you know we like to start every episode of melanated conversations off with our rapid fire round so uh are you ready let's go let's go all right uh i think yana has first question
0: yes uh, all right. um so the first question i'll throw out the route, um and again, you know, Terry and I will, we will actually answer these as well. So you don't feel like you're um, left hanging here. Yeah. But um, my first question for you would be, uh, what aspect of your daily routine do you look forward to the most? Oh, wow.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know, my, my actual, of uh, my morning routine that I look forward to most is turning on the music. Mm
1: -hmm. So when
2: I get up, I don't turn on the TV or anything. I turn on music. And typically I put on some house music or depending on my mood. And I listen to that while I'm getting ready to go. And that tends to um, bring my energy up and bring my vibration up and put me in a good mood. Yeah. Uh, so that's my favorite thing to do because I, I find that when I used to listen to turn get up and turn on the news or something like that, my day would be grouchy. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I have to be conscious of my energy. So let me put something in it that's gonna
1: set the tone. My soul. Yep. Yeah. House music is usually really upbeat yes. music, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Yep.
2: Okay. Yep. And there's a guy that I like. He does gospel house. A oh, gospel house dancing at the same time
0: really <laughs> yes, yes. do tell we yes. need the details on that
2: um his name is dj spin s-p-e-n and he's out of uh baltimore and um he has a on soundcloud he has a show so he does like gospel house so it's just really uplifting powerful music some of it's gospel that he mixes in and so i just love listening to it in the morning
1: okay hey, we're gonna check out dj spin yes
0: Definitely. I love it. Okay. So I'm with you on the music. Um, That's definitely, ooh, that would be, I would say that's one of three things for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I know we only said one. Well, actually, I did. I I came up with the question. Somebody's greedy. Um, uh, cause there's, there's three things, there are three components that I look forward to in, um, uh, my daily routine. And that's, of course, the music, um, is writing and eating. Hey. I love to eat. I'm such a foodie. I look forward wow. to my, my breakfast, my snacks, my lunch and my dinners. Hey, <laughs> nothing wrong with it. Okay. Okay.
2: <laughs> I agree. I'm with you on all three of those. Yes. yes. I may
0: not I may not be consistent and eat like I should. Right, right, right. Um <laughs> as a matter of fact, I think I skipped breakfast this morning. But um but good. So how
2: long in the morning do you <laughs> plan your lunch?
0: How long does that take? Um t- or is that, like,
2: What am I going to eat for lunch? How long? How long does that process?
0: Uh, it really depends. If I have groceries already, it's a simple, quick. Oh, I know what right. I, I know because I I already have pre-planned you what I'm going <laughs> to eat that week, and it's like, oh yeah, I can't wait to get my hands on this good old wrap that I've prepare <laughs> But if I don't have groceries, that's a little different because I'm like, okay, um, I gotta think. I gotta figure. Gotta this, oh I gotta, That's I got <laughs> so I'm like, do I really wanna go out in this weather with my hair like it is? You know, other things factor into that or I just like, you know, let me just go ahead and settle for I always have stuff for a salad yeah. or a shake or something nearby. But yeah. That's um, so okay. but but yeah, I I I have food. Yeah. I have food. <laughs> And if not, Tarion here, she's just down the street. I'm like, what you got in yeah. your, in your, in your, oh, in your come cream. on, come on
1: through. Get you something, grab Something. something. Yeah, what's mine is yours. Um, I would have to say, you know, it's funny because I really didn't even think about the fact that um music, but I really do, especially since I've got my earbuds now, I will pop in my earbuds and I'm turning on something um, usually upbeat in the morning um or some sort of praise and worship but uh that and then i i look forward to um this might be tmi but
0: <laughs> i'm a little afraid to, wait, wait. Uh, I'm, bracing I'm bracing myself
1: brace yourself <laughs> this is a okay. family friendly okay. show i'm gonna keep it family friendly okay. <laughs> well i mean listen it, it it happens all right but i enjoy spending time in the water closet as my friends across the pond would say um <laughs> I just do. I really, really, I, like I'll take some pre-workout drink, have a little something to eat, and then, you know, spend time with Mother Nature in the bathroom, um, and then, you know, then go out and try to burn a couple of calories or something like that. I usually that, that definitely helps to get my energy up. I can tell the difference. Like if I hadn't done that, mm-hmm. gone to the bathroom and not worked out, then I am like a hot wreck. Just not, just, it's no, I'm no good. Okay. Yeah. okay. Well, we call, we're
2: gonna call that your freedom moment. My yeah. freedom moment. Okay. <laughs> I like freedom? I
1: like that Monica. Mm-hmm. My freedom mm-hmm. moment. Yeah. Set, I set get I get set free. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> real talk.
0: Well, I, I literally, like to, literally. <laughs> I guess I'll add four then. That's the fourth one. I like that's to marinate in the water. Hey. You know, I like a bath. You I know? like to just sit in the tub and just <laughs> be. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You are I a bath person. I am real. a bath bad person. That is so
2: true. Oh, yeah. A a good bath, it it will change your life. Mm -hmm.
1: Say it again. Okay. (laughs) Um, I've got one more rapid fire question. All right. So what makes you feel old? Like when you think about something, just anything, what is it? What? Can you name something that makes you feel old when you think about it?
2: Something that makes me feel old? Mm -hmm. Um, When I'm having conversation with my godchildren who are 19, uh, 28, and 25, and I have no idea what they're talking about.
1: Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Because I'm talking to millennials and Gen Z, and I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know the the language, you know, their phrases. Although Gen Z uses a lot of, I'm Generation X, they use a lot of our stuff. Red, they call it, but they call it retro, which makes you feel old. Oh. <laughs> Throwback, which makes me feel old. But
1: <laughs> but no, it, think about having that. conversations yeah. with them,
2: it's like, oh. That's true. Uh, I, I say baby, and I sound like an old lady. Baby, I don't know what you're
0: talking about. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get that. And Actually, by the years, we're technically millennials. But yeah. even then, we don't connect. We're, we're like on the. We barely made it to the millennial yeah. category. Yeah. But for well, me, I must
2: be Z There's like a little section of me. There's like a five year window between a millennial and a Gen Z. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sorry, a Gen X. Gen,
0: I a think, think, yeah, so. that's
1: probably what it is. Then, yeah,
0: I'm 84. You're well. I am more. I'm 87. 87. So I may be a little bit more. Yeah. yeah. But even but still. still. I'm that's with him, you right? on that, yeah. Like, and so when I'm talking my, to them, I sit back and I go, um, "Who is
2: that? <laughs> <laughs> or they playing their music?" And I'm like, "That ain't hip hop, you know." Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> it's funny, like sometimes when they have the award shows now, and I wa- and I'll watch, and I'll be like, "I don't know any, any of that, these
0: people. Who are these? People? Not even just people, what are but
1: say- what is he talking? That, yes." Yeah. <laughs> I use Google often to try to translate like new the way they text now. <laughs> not, not Google Translate. Oh, yeah. No, not Google Translate. But I'm saying I use Google to translate. I'd be like, what does that oh. mean? wait, What do these letters mean? I didn't know what FOMO meant. Like, I I know. I didn't know that. I, didn't yeah, know. I had to teach you that. Nobody so maybe
0: told. I know a little something. You know a little something. <laughs> but I don't know. Maybe. But I have to I now because I have. Know.
2: Maybe you have to spell this out. Right. <laughs> Because doesn't understand We this. don't do shorthand around here.
0: <laughs> well, I knew. I need to know
2: if I need to beach your butt. Right. right. Adulate you. You, be, you better be clear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for me,
0: it, it, I think it all kind of correlates, but mine's is more on the end, the spectrum of dance. Um, these new dances, like my daughter, she's, um, she'll be 13 next month. Yeah. And she was like, mom, you know how to do the mop? I was like, the mop? What? You mop the floor? What <laughs> you mean? <laughs> yeah, I know how to mop. What right. you mean? A mop sweep? You need to know how to mop. We've it's- been doing this since were two. What mean? Right. And she's like, no. And the mop is what, I think they just basically reinvented the dance that we call the, the mop. Yes, that's what it ah. looks like. <laughs> That's literally you know what, what it looks, looks like.
2: Create like. your
0: own stuff. <laughs> Man, you know? <laughs> and then couldn't be created with the name. Go from Wop to Mop. Right. Like, you flip like, the, <laughs> you flipped the, the W. w that's that's it.
1: <laughs> that's it. When y'all came I'm over Arian. to the house and was like,
0: hey, Arian, show Terry in the dance. I was like, "That's that's the... That's the wop. No, because I, <laughs> I needed someone to back me up and saying, like, okay, I won't feel bad if I just don't know. But I'm like, okay, show this to Terry. And right. do you know what this dance Have you heard of the mob? And when you said you didn't either, okay, I was like, yeah. So this is what the new kids are doing yeah. now, the new kids on the block are yeah. doing nowadays. Mm-hmm. But <laughs>
1: no, the dance has definitely evolved quite a bit. Now they're. Yeah, Would you actually
2: say evolved or? Is that the actual Well, word? you know what? No, it has not
1: evolved. <laughs> they keep recycling stuff. And and I, here's my thing. who Who is the person that's like, this is going to be the new <laughs> dance for 2020. And then everybody starts doing it. Like, who is the person? Who is the person in charge? Who hmm. is that person? Who I want to know. Permission? Who gave them permission to throw something in the air and say What? <laughs> <laughs> These are these. I need these are questions. I need answers these to. Are, that was a valid question. Okay, I, I think for me, I, I, everything that you said, Monica, and everything that Yana said. But you know, just I think things like technology, like the the television and even phones for me are just like, dang. Like you used to actually have to pick the phone, like take the phone off the receiver. Mm-hmm. dial in a number you know what I'm saying wait for a dial tone <laughs> dial number or even the um not the, not the little rotator the dial ro- yeah you, you don't took it all one. the way back but I remember those <laughs> granny had one on the wall yeah, we did and we used to use those <laughs> so like you know it's just not the same everything is touch screen and you know it, it, it's different and so I'm like dang telephone itself has evolved to where it's literally it's a computer in your hand now and yeah. yes. um yeah so i what I think about just technology and even how the phones and and TVs and stuff like that um have changed
2: you know, I miss the uh flip phones because they of those
0: because
2: you know those dramatic <laughs> hang up snap, yes
0: yes. Hang up. yes you can't dramatically hang, hang up, up on nobody now wow, no it's like,
2: like no i need
0: that snap that's it <laughs> no i hung
2: up on you <laughs> right
0: that's real is there an app for that because yes. i you know i, I, need, to click. Click. I need to click and then click
1: out <laughs> they <laughs> did bring back the razor though now it's um, not the same they, i don't i think because the screen is like Like the smartphones now Of course it's not the same But it has a flip But I would be afraid If you, you know Hung up on somebody You'd crack your screen (laughs) Exactly (laughs) It's not the same
2: It's not the same
0: It's not Not the the same same. Oh, changes Changes, changes Changes, man Can't live without them sometimes you can't live with it.
2: when i do yeah, grow true. i appreciate the era that i grew up in i really really
0: do oh yes. yeah definitely yeah well that was man fun. that was fun <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Monica, we got you here today and yeah. we're so excited to chat more about you and your brand with Black Women Amplified and all the work that you're doing and helping as well to amplify the voices of black women. So we're mm-hmm. excited to share for you to share in, in that space. Um, but before we begin, can you let us listen let our listeners know a little bit more about you and your origin story?
2: My origin story. I feel like a superhero now. <laughs> yes, you are <laughs> you are a superhero. <laughs> Let me put my hands on my hip so I can tell my origin story. Come on. <laughs> I was born in 1969, and I was born to my parents, of course, James mm-hmm. and Marianne, who were small town kids who had big dreams. My father was a pharmacist. My mother was a teacher um, with a master's degree, which is a big deal for back then. Yeah. Mm-hmm, for both of them. And um, they raised us in... Although we lived in St. Louis, our family uh, mostly lived in Illinois and small towns of Alton and Edwardsville, which is, you know, little bitty small towns. Little bitty, I mean, literally, we walked on, um, when we go see my grandmother, we'd walk on rock roads. We through, know, we know, about, we know that. about
1: that life. Yeah.
2: <laughs> through cornfields. So I have a. Very small town um, attitude about life, like everything's a surprise and everything's new. But as life evolved and my parents evolved, they became very, mm, I would say abusive. I would get stuck on how how to describe it, Mm -hmm. but it became very terrorizing in my household. And so as I grew up, I grew up in a very dual lifestyle. So on the inside of the house, it was one way and on the outside of the house, it was another way. Mm-hmm. So, I learned how to live on both sides of the, the river, as you would say. And, but they taught me a lot. My father gave me a great work ethic. Um, he was an entrepreneur, he owned his own pharmacy. My mother was a teacher. So, she taught me how to study, how to think, um, and she taught me my love for music. So, they gave me a great foundation. Um, And then as I grew up, I felt a little different than everybody else because I was not a St. Louisan, but I was not an Illinoisan because I went back and forth, and so I was like the misfit, the oddball. So through high school, I know it's a lot of detail, but through high school, I I was a loner, and um, I didn't hang out with the jocks, I didn't hang out with the popular kids, and then also I had to hide life at home, but. Um, As I grew up, I started to find more people like me. And that's where cosmetology came in. It literally saved my life because I was able to find a tribe of people that had been through some stuff and had overcome some stuff. And then once I entered cosmetology school, I kind of caught my breath and found out who I was. And so I went forward with that. And that led me my gift of hair, which I didn't know I had. I wanted to go to school to be an accountant. (laughs) <laughs> so I ended up in cosmetology school, and when I did that, um, it it just took me on an adventurous journey through different areas of cosmetology, then it led me into music, and then it led me into writing, and all the different things. So even though I had a, a traumatic childhood, I had good pieces of foundation, I had a good family, extended family, but I also learned how to put myself in many situations and not just survive, but thrive. So that's the
1: basis of my origin story. There, that's that's some good stuff. Um, when you were talking about, you know, growing up, having to walk, you know, we call it dirt <laughs> dirt roads or the, 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 the gravel, gravel roads. Because road. mm-hmm. um, Yana and I are cousins. And uh, okay. we, we know all about that life. We're originally from Arkansas. Mm-hmm. So we know all about small town, you know, backwoods, yes. Arkansas. <laughs> Definitely, yes. we've lived that life. So you you kind of mentioned it. You kind of got your start in cosmetology, which you 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 say really kind of saved your life. And you you have a really impressive resume uh, given your start in cosmetology. You've worked with a lot of people. Um, can you share your experiences in the inter- industry that um, that cultivated you into the entrepreneur that you are today?
2: Oh, definitely. Um, when I started in the industry, there were no black people doing what I ended up doing. <clears throat> like literally none. And, and just like it is today, that's always dominated by white males. Mm-hmm. So I was lucky to have some women who saw my talent and thought I was worth investing. The so there was a lady named Vicky, rest her soul, was a um, sales rep for Sebastian International. And she would we would have conversations and talk and while I'm working. And, she, and I didn't realize she was watching me. So when an opportunity came up, she said, would you like to work for Sebastian? I was like, they're not going to hire me. And so she's like, just go through it. And um, so I went through the training and I got hired with uh, the local distributorship. And then I also got hired with Sebastian. And the beauty of Sebastian at that time, it was owned by a lady named Jerry Kuzinzen. It was a private company. So I was able to see how a woman could build this international company and she was very very hands-on and then the woman who owned it the, there was a woman who owned the distributorship who owned the uh, rights to sell the product throughout Missouri um, Kansas and Illinois I believe
1: hmm so
2: I got to see another woman who built out her business and so I was able to see these strong powerful women build out their businesses and I said you know what and going back to my father I have to backtrack a little bit how I became an entrepreneur my dad was an entrepreneur but When I got into cosmetology, it was, we were like in dire straits, you know, his business wasn't doing well, my mother had passed, Mm. and so there wasn't a lot of income, and so he said, well, I need you all to go, I need you to go, I was planning to go to college, but he said, I need you to go to a tech school, because with the tech school, you'll keep getting the social security check that I was getting, because my mom passed, Mm. so he said, you know, I need you to pick a trade, and I just literally randomly picked cosmetology, because I didn't want to do welding or, (laughs) right, you know, computer. I should have taken computer engineering, but I didn't. But anyway, so um, fast forward, get into cosmetology. And the one decision I made for myself is I would never let anybody else make a decision for my life. Mm -hmm. And so at that age, I was like, okay, so I'm just going to follow the trail because I was the big... um... Wizard of Oz fan. I said okay. I'm follow, follow. I know I'm. I'm a lot, like, <laughs> I'm just gonna follow my yellow brick road and see where it goes. So when Vicky said to me, "Would you like to?" I was like, "Sure." And then when Sandy was like, "Would you like to?" Sure. When Jerry said, "Would you like to?" I was like, "Sure." So I just started following the thought of making my own path. Mm-hmm. because my family's life was about go to college, get an education, become a teacher, go to college, get an education, become a doctor. Mm-hmm. That was my family structure. But I went my own way, was like, I love this. Yeah. Whatever this is, I love it. So from that point on, I was like, however I need to make my money, I'll make my money. And I'm just going to follow my yellow brick road. And that's how entrepreneurship started for me was I wasn't going to let anybody else make a decision for my life. Awesome.
0: Awesome. Yeah. I would like to, to just know just from your space, being in the space of cosmetology, you know, you've got to work. You have to put your hands in so many people's heads. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, no, if that oh. comes up. <laughs> 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 what was like a memorable experience? Um, client or experience for you in this journey that um, you're willing to share with us so there's
2: two memorable stories I'll just tell you one okay my my, one of my favorite stories that I always tell was I had an opportunity to work with the Isley brothers and I was working in a salon and one of the ladies who I called, she's like my godmother, but she was a newscaster here. And her best friend was Angela Winbush. So the Isley brothers were doing a project in St. Louis. They actually live here, but they were doing a project here and they needed a makeup artist. Mm-hmm. And so I, don't know, I can't remember how old it was. But anyway, Angela Winbush called me and asked me what I charged to do makeup. And so I told her. Then the record label called me and said, okay, well, this is your fee. And I was like, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's my fee per hour. I'm like, oh, okay, no problem. We'll change the paperwork and I was scared of I was, I thought I was going to lose the job. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, but I knew I needed to stand up for my money. Mm-hmm. And so I went on and um, went to the, they were doing a live video shoot for some, I don't remember, but I got to sit in the trailer with the Isley brothers and Ernie Isley's, Isley's wife. And Ron Isley was like the coolest dude in the whole world wow. <laughs> and and we're sitting in this trailer and i'm i'm like nervous because this is like i grew up listening to your music mm-hmm. my parents listening to music my family's music and i said so sir um how do you want to look and he just leaves ease back and said just make me pretty baby <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay <laughs> Yes. Wow. Yeah. That's wow. Cool. This is real.
2: It was a beautiful moment.
1: That's super cool. That's such a cool moment. Yeah. Um. I I just want to backtrack a bit. And you you spoke um earlier about how um when you first got into cosmetology and you know at the time that was a, a field and I I think to a certain degree in some well I think. POCs are are definitely starting to, you know, shake things up now, but where it was dominated, it was a field that was dominated by white men. um, Mm -hmm. And how, but women started to step into your life in that industry and to give you opportunities. For you, can you define the moment that sparked your desire to create a space where black women could just feel free just to be ourselves? Because a lot of times I know. I think historically we have to qualify, right, for things to do, be recognized as worthy of something. And so for you, That's what came be- up in your mind is say, hey, no, we as black women are are preserving of, of the space just yes. the way we yes. are. Yes. And there shouldn't be anything attached to that. There should be no strings attached.
0: I
2: think that there are still Strings attached. I mean, 30 years later, there are still strings attached. Mm-hmm. And it's still a male dominated field. Um, and the women that are in the field are actually creating their own spaces. Yeah. But when it comes to corporate companies like Sebastian and other companies, it's still male dominated. But the key was I was able to connect with other women in those spaces. And because we had shared experiences, we looked out for each other. Mm. And I think that it took a long time for me to feel comfortable because you do have to go through so much
1: mm.
2: just to prove I mean I could I know we don't have all day but there's you know the story of my trainer he was horrible to me
1: mm. he was
2: a white gay man who was horrible because he didn't believe that my blackness and my bigness belonged in that beauty space. Mm. And this was before Jill Scott and this was before Lizzo and this was before all of that. Like nobody who looked like me Mm -hmm. was in those spaces. So I had to think and had to uh, pull from myself um, the fact that I did belong here and you're gonna like it or you're not gonna like it and I'm not gonna care. And so there was nobody around me that I could say, how have you dealt with this situation? yeah and but it it just made me like get to know myself a lot better and realize that i'm worthy in every space that i walk in Mm -hmm. and they don't have to like me they just have to hire me yeah but it is it it was i mean literally the the things that he called for a mistake for me was basic every day for everybody else Mm. you know so it's that constant um I mean when you talk about black women in spaces, it's that constant somebody's watching you yes. every move you make
1: mm-hmm.
2: somebody is watching you
1: yeah yeah
2: like really 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 see ourselves excelling and doing things mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because what the world gives us is the shade room or
0: yep. the, you know mm-hmm.
2: what is it the kids watch uh, the fights and all that you know yeah. reality tv and this and that and i was like there's gotta be a space where if I'm having a bad day I can just scroll through it and see black excellence
1: yes. that
2: is specifically black women yeah and um so that's what I did um
1: I think that you know the things that you stand for are is very similarly aligned um with the thinking and everything you know just from wanting to change the narrative of the things that we see in media and in things that we talk about and hear about black women in particular and wanting to shed light on the things that we know that we're capable of doing that mm-hmm. the stories that women you know things that we've overcome um right. of just being able to do all these wonderful excellent things just like everyone else does and and shed light on the positive things that black women in, are doing and in hopes wanting to make it um that this is the the norm. narrative yeah. yeah this is the norm this is the norm, yeah. norm. Yeah.
2: yeah i think that we have to get out of the mindset that we have anything to prove to anybody
0: mm. Mm. That's, that's good, good. I mean, yes
2: nothing to prove because we created it that's mm. like saying and i'm you know it's like saying jesus has to prove himself mm. and we created it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we have to stop thinking that we and we and i had to do this consciously for myself that's no why this I is good my yes experience is that i had to shift my Default from white is right.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Because I found myself thinking, Gosh. you know, when you go into a space where it's all white people, well, let me sit up straight. Let Ooh, me speak properly. Come right, on, let me do that. Sorry. And it's like blank that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I'm the one who raised your children. I'm the one who invented cooking. I'm the one who da 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 da. So when I walk into a space now, I don't feel like I have to put my head down. Yeah or have to be careful about what I say. Yeah. Or have to present myself a certain way because I'm enough.
1: Yes. Yes. yes.
2: Just like you said, to circle it back around. I am enough. But I'm more than enough. Because yeah. I was enough to raise my kids and to raise your kids if you want to go back to slavery. Yeah. I was enough to create civilizations. I was enough to send a man to the moon. Mm. You know, so I'm more than enough. So And my focus this year with Black Women Amplified is to really get Black women to understand that we don't have to carry the burden of the world anymore. We have our own dreams. We have our own ideas. We have our own things that we need to develop for ourselves.
0: Yes. Period. Yes. Your man,
2: your church, your job, whoever. Come on. We are still more stressed out heart attack um, obesity all the things that are uh, that I believe are stress induced like mm-hmm. we're in a, a constant state of trauma and stress mm-hmm. and it is killing us and then we turn around and, and make sure everybody else is okay. Mm we never take that and flip it in the mirror and look at ourselves and say, are you okay? Now it's time for us to look in the mirror and say, are you okay? And what do you need to be to be okay? What do you need to do to be okay? Yes. And until we get to that point where we sit up and say, I am enough, I am an asset, I am valuable to myself, mm-hmm. nothing on this planet is going to shift. Woo! The- Monica, well, I think we that- could just close the show right
1: there. <laughs> Um, I feel like none of of these questions even
0: really, you know, just lift the papers, man. Let's just keep going. No, no, (laughs) no. Thank you. Thank you for, you know, standing in your troop and and, and not, you know, holding back because this is actually what we need more of. Yes. Um, I feel like we have these side conversations (laughs) all the time.
1: (laughs) All the time. And you just yeah, thank you. You validated so much, so for much. Us. Thank you, <laughs> thank you. Welcome. Um, no, thank you all
2: for this platform. I th- when I saw it, I was like, I don't know who these ladies are. But I'm talk to them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> we, <laughs> we need each other. So thank you, you for reaching out. Amen. Um, and that kind of goes back. You touched a little bit about it, um, a little bit already. Um, your global nation of Black Girl Magic—that this brand that you've created for Black women amplified. And you shared a little bit already about how is your mission to help Black women not only recognize and execute in their gifts, but how to unapologetically claim their worth from a monetary perspective. Can you share a little bit a little bit more about how you you know assist and coach um, these women in that area? You know, just claiming their worth especially when it comes to our value and, and when it comes to money like we typically hold back in that area
2: mm-hmm. we, hold, we hold back because we weren't taught about how money works <laughs> This just yeah, the truth yeah. yeah but I provide is a framework for people to discover themselves I don't want to tell you what it's supposed to be I want you to really really think and figure out that for yourself so I have a visioning process that I that I have taught for many many years and I'm now I'm taking to the online space I call it the brave method and it's basically it's like a vision boarding process, but it's much bigger than that. It's where you can sit down and really think and figure out and release things that you need to let go of. Mm-hmm. And so that's one process that I, I take people through. And then there's also um, storytelling. I think it's important that we tell our stories
1: mm-hmm.
2: and not just stories of, oh, you know, today I went to the store. Like you need to tell that story of transformation Mm -hmm. because it's one it releases from when you tell your story it releases the guilt and the shame of the story most of us don't tell our lives because we're ashamed of it Mm. in some type of way or there's some guilt there or there's some anxiety there or you just feel like you need to present yourself in such a perfect way that you can't show the messy side Mm
1: -hmm. gosh
2: so when you show the messy side that's where we all connect on Right. Mm. That's why Oprah is so big, because she showed her messy side. Mm -hmm. You know, had she been this pristine whoever, I don't think she would have escalated as quickly as she did. Yeah. But for all of us, we have a messy side and it's okay. But I get why we've done it, because in the past we had to do it for safety reasons. You know, when you walked out into the world in the 60s and the 70s and the 50s and the 40s, it was a life or death situation.
1: Yeah and yeah. so
2: that teaching has carried on from generation to generation and so now we need to release that and and show people our whole selves because mm-hmm. people think that we're magic and we're superheroes but what we are is survivors mm-hmm. and we are the ones who've had to survive such turmoil in our lives that we can figure things out really quickly whereas other people who have not been through what we've been through it takes them a little longer or they wait for us to tell them Mm. and so when i we now i will say this we are magical yes (laughs) but we're we're not supernatural yeah Mm. yeah we're this mystery we're human beings yes and we are on this earth, we are grounded and we are heavenly at the same time.
1: Mm. But
2: we are human and people need to see our humanness. People need to see our pain, our challenges and our struggles. Yes. How many times is somebody calling you saying, girl, are you all right?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Do you need anything today? And then if somebody does call, how many times do you say, I'm good, I'm okay? Mm. When that is not the truth. Yeah. So... I think in telling our stories, we get past that need to be, to present ourselves to be perfect. Like it or don't like it. This is who I am.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So
2: that's the storytelling piece. And then the other part is, if you have, I think that um, the third part of the piece is an academy that that I'm developing, Mm -hmm. and I really want women to, especially black women, to understand that although we've been told that we have to pick careers, The greatest thing that I ever did was just master my gift. Mm. And my gift oh my is gosh. what took me into these different doors. Mm. And- you got Yana uh, over here in tears. So I
0: just want you
1: to know that.
0: I No, I, and I want to share why I'm, I'm a little teary right now. Um, I'm getting myself together real quick. Come on, because um, I really was over All here right. shedding All tears. Right. No, Monica. Like it, just hearing you speak through that. It, um, you're so much of my mirror of myself, and it's 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 almost to the point where it's like unbelievable. Because I I have I too have a similar kind of platform and story that um, resonated to me uh, more so in the, in the area of as it relates to voice, getting your voice out. And I built a framework about voice. Voice has been something that has been such um, a, a key calling over my life. And it's about getting your story out. And, you know, as a natural writer and storyteller, it kind of kind of that was the building blocks of that. But also in me discovering my own voice and being feeling like I was been in an area where I couldn't be me and tr- stand in my truth and really get my message and really operate in my calling and that led to us creating this um, this platform of this uh, of the podcast related conversations and then it manifested into me helping and coaching other black women and getting their message and voice out and which created the framework of my um, my own framework, which is voice, and mm-hmm. v is for vulnerability, what you just spoke on about you know being comfortable with sharing what we feel sometimes are the messy and the ugly parts of ourselves,, yeah. but that's the part that people connect with because we connect mm-hmm. with you know with being human. And the O was obey your calling, really um, walking into that calling of your life. We've all been, you know, all been divinely ordained for something in our lives and to really pursue that. And the I was more tapping into your internal gifts, that that Mm -hmm. intuition that we know that we deeply have within us. And just moving through that and just hearing you say it to you in those words, it was just, I don't know, it was really like... Seeing and hearing—well, I can't see you right now—but listening, (laughs) seeing, listening to my mirror self, and it was such validation and such such confirmation, and it just kind of moved me to tears. Um, But I just, I'm just thankful just to see that you know that is the direction that we are going. That 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 this is a movement Uh that is taking place, Mm -hmm. and that we are, you know, getting into a space where we are. Taking back naturally what what is ours, you know, our our peace, our power and standing in it. And I just I'm just I thank you. Just thank you. Touche. <laughs> <laughs> I look over it I look over at Yana, I'm like I ain't got a tissue. Lord, like I'm trying to move my face away from the mic and sniff sniff. <laughs> <laughs> What just happened? What just happened? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, like really I felt that so deeply you don't know just what um what kind of confirmation you provided to me today. And girl, you know, just do your thing. Yes. <laughs> um, and
2: and just like literally like don't even care.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like,
2: don't even care. Like, I, I spent so much time caring what other people thought about. Yes. And at the end of the day, they sucked the life out of you. Yes. You're sitting there depleted, and you've helped them build their life and their dreams, and you're sitting back talking about what about me? Here's the thing. This is my philosophy about every God will clear your plate in order to put better food on it. Oh my mm.
1: gosh. Did we not just talk about that? Like <laughs> a couple of months, literally that we did. what you just said, we verbatim felt feeling like a tug tug of war, right? Like, you know, definitely w- worried about, well, what will these people think or putting energy in, into all this other stuff. And then me myself not being okay. And I was just like, I'm tired of assimilating. I'm tired of, um, you know, trying to package myself in a certain way or giving everybody else all my energy, and then in turn, I'm not okay or nobody's checking on me to make sure I'm okay. you know what I'm saying um, and it's like time out for that, so definitely deconstructing myself um and like you said, just to kind of be like i don't I don't care, and it's not from a place of ill intent or you know bad energy- energy towards anyone else, I just can't put all of my energy into you to make sure that you're okay. And I'm not taking care of myself mm-hmm. or being authentically me or being mm-hmm. who God called me to be. Um, you
2: were whatever that is that you are like, that's burning inside of you. We were born with it. It was society that said,
1: <laughs> absolutely. <laughs>
2: we, we don't have to worry about the blood flowing through our body or the oxygen flowing through our body yeah. or, or digesting our food that is already done. So if that's already done. Everything else is already done.
1: Yeah, wow. you're yes. right. Yes, You're absolutely right.
2: We just have to say yes and mm. then move mm. with the fear. Just, you know, that's why I call it the brave method. You just have to be brave and move. If the fear is there, you say, oh, girl, just have a seat. I'm going to go on over here and, <laughs> and create my life. You know i name i name my fear you know and, and when i when she comes out i'd be like girl
1: I, I love that you personified fear like <laughs> <laughs> girl go just sit down over there for a minute girl,
2: but right now i'm gonna go over here and talk to these people but you just you know we and i'm not saying you we all yeah yeah, yeah. black women as a collective have to really diligently take care of ourselves because once we take care of ourselves everybody else is going to hook in mm-hmm. what can i do for you because once we really you know we call ourselves queens but once we really embody that what does a queen do literally whenever you see a queen she's sitting on her throne and everybody's taking care of her yeah so we have to understand a queen is not a workhorse because here's the, at the end of the day because like i said we were born with everything we needed Or if you don't do this, you're not going to get that promotion because you know what? Like I have told all of my clients, you all don't bring me money. God does. And if you decide to go to somebody else as a hairstylist or if I don't get this job, I will still get the income that I need because God provides for me.
0: Yeah.
2: And I'm not trying to preach or anything, but I'm just like, we have to really understand how conditioned we are as black women to make sure everybody else is okay.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I know that one of the topics you speak on how just being alive holds value in the world, right? Kind of talking about just when people refer to us as queens, or or when you look at the the picture of a queen and people are doing things for her, what exactly does that mean? And should the takeaway be that number one, recognize the value in ourselves? Or should we strive to get the world to recognize our value? Or is it both?
2: Um, I think once you value yourself, other people will value you. Okay, if you think about the whole birthing process, um, and I know a thousand people said this before, but it took 500,000 sperms to fight for one egg mm-hmm. in order for you to be born. We were divinely engineered. If you ever looked at how a baby um, goes through the uh, the growing process in the mother's womb, you don't have to do anything but just nourish your body, right? To make sure the baby needs has the food that it needs. So when you're born, you have everything you need. Yeah. So just being alive means that you won. Mm, and that's so, right. if, I mean, you can find yourself at the end of the end of the week being so exhausted that Saturday night you can't wait to get in the bed. Mm. You know, it's because we're fighting all day to prove ourselves. Yeah. When we there's nobody we have to prove ourselves to. We have to learn to. Just accept radical self-acceptance. That's the word.
0: Radical self-acceptance.
2: Radically accept yourself as you are and stop trying to fix yourself. Radically accept yourself as who you
0: are. Yeah. Ooh, Monica. Wow. I know our <laughs> listeners are listening. Like, you have helped. Well, you've helped me. You definitely helped somebody today. So you have one at uh, least. Uh, two. two. One, two. One Over here. Two. But... <laughs> Man, this, oh, we could go on and on, yeah, but, know, you know, know, t- know. T- until the break is but we won't. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. Okay, okay. Um, but we, we're going to go ahead and just get ready to close and wrap the show. But um, okay. again, oh, gosh, um, yeah. just a few closing questions. Let me just get to it. Um oh. We're in the thick well, the beginning of twenty twenty yeah. and um, you know, everyone has kinda has their guiding word for the year that there's that they've been their power word for them. Do you have a power word for twenty twenty? And if so, what is it and why?
2: Um, my, my power word for this year is brave. And just to be brave in every situation, but I have to be brave enough to continue in a brave way.
1: That's beautiful. I love it. That's beautiful. Um, Are there any new projects in store for you in 2020?
2: Yes. This year, I'm definitely going to finish. I've started like four books. I'm going to finish one of them. (laughs) (laughs) Just going to be honest, I'll finish one of them. Okay. Um, And then I'm taking all the workshops, all the information I've done and I'm putting into an online space. Um, And my first project will be the Brave Method, which Mm -hmm. I told you was the visioning method and then we'll move on to the other pieces of it throughout the year. And then in March uh, I'm going to put out my podcast. Okay. uh, The Black Women Amplified Podcast. Come on. Um, And that's all I'm going to work on for now.
1: You will be busy this year. (laughs) I will
2: will be busy. But so... In the midst of that, I decided that your listeners are going to get the Brave Method for free. Thank
0: you so much. That's, thank you um, for the that, treat. Yes, that's wonderful, Monica. Thank, thank you for that. You.
2: you are welcome. You all are, I, I'm so impressed with you all. Oh,
0: my gosh. <laughs> oh thank you. Wow. <laughs> we got to stay connected. Yes. Um. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Um, We're making friends everywhere. I love it. Yes, I love this. And I can't.
2: Your gift is taking you to places to know (laughs) people.
0: And I'm excited about your podcast. Yeah. We definitely want to hear more about that. And when. Um, you get that ramped and launched Absolutely. and, you know, if you need some assistance there, Holly we can, get, we can we, <laughs> yes, I, <laughs> no, you I, I you definitely, are. no, I definitely will assist you if, if, you know, we can talk about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, but, um, I just wish you all the best in everything that you have going. I think Absolutely. it's great. And, um, I'm excited to, you know, be, um, now to, to go through any experiences yeah as well. Cause I I'm gonna let you know I'm gonna click through the course myself. Definitely. Um, i will be using that link. Trying to get brave. <laughs> trying to put right. tell Fair to
1: go sit down in a corner
0: somewhere yeah. where I go do this real quick. Fair-isha.
1: Fair-isha. Fair-isha. <laughs> right.
0: I'm gonna right. need you to sit Saturday. Yes. Pleasure. Um yes and before we do um let you go can you tell our listeners how they can connect with you yeah
2: yes so they can connect connect with me um all of my stats and all of my beats are on my instagram page which is um monica wisdom at monica wisdom there's also the blog black women amplified.com and then we, the facebook page is where i put up all the stories and the information that I find black women amplified on Facebook. And my main website is Monica, wisdom, Tyson.com. Right.
1: <laughs> we'll make sure we have all the information in our show notes.
0: All right. Well, again, <laughs> thank you so much for being a part of today's conversation and sharing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it is our goal and mission of our, of the show is to continue to amplify the voices of black women share their stories of transformation, but not only that, to share our lessons and celebrate our successes and, um, you know, Man, just to uplift and you've done that today. Yes, so she I am has. A, I'm, I'm just I'm ready to press um uh, rewind and play again yes. on this conversation. I feel like
1: she's melanated conversations she's, personified. yes she is. Yeah. yeah. Can we yeah. put you on the shirt? Please. Can we put your face on the shirt?
0: We're <laughs> gonna take it to
1: shirt. Like all of it. Everything.
0: But no, seriously. Um listeners, um, you know, catch up on our episodes. Yeah. Um of melanated Conversations, but you know, until next time, melanate, melanate on that. Thank you
1: for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed our chat today. Keep the conversation going by heading to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leaving us a review.
0: Have a story of your own to share? Email us at info at melanated or connect with us on social media at melanated conversations. Till next time, keep raising your voice.